Episode 105 of the State of the Old Republic podcast was originally recorded on October 10th, 2020. It's the State of the Old Republic podcast. This week on the show, it's a show. But in all seriousness, Game Update 614 is coming. I'll tell you about changes to Conquest, new augments, the Feast of Prosperity, and more. Also this week, I'll take a look at operations and ask the question, do you raid in control? And finally this week, We've had a lot of new folks join the game on Steam. I'll share some thoughts and tips for all the new players out there. And with that, it's time to make the jump to light speed. And cue the moron. Welcome to episode 105 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and as you heard in the opening, I have another great show lined up for you today. And yes, Virginia... There is a State of the Old Republic podcast. And what a year it's been and continues to be. Star Wars Celebration canceled. The SWOTOR Cantina also canceled. Summer of SWOTOR happened and it was pretty good. The game launched on Steam and a host of new players took their first steps into the larger world of the Old Republic. We traveled across the galaxy to places like Dantooine, Onderon, and Tatooine to compete in the all-world swoop rally. And then we headed to Narshada and Mekshad to blow our newfound fortune at the nightlife event. So yeah, there were a few things that didn't happen, a bunch of things that did, and there's still a lot to look forward to in the Old Republic for what's left of 2020. The next game update, which is scheduled to go live on October 20th, is 614. Has some changes to conquest, tools to deal with player toxicity, new augments, some quality of life improvements, one that's pretty amazing, and the new fall event, the Feast of Prosperity. Let's dive into SWOTOR's latest addition to the Old Republic. Game Update 614 will launch next week, bringing with it yet another set of changes to Conquest. This isn't a major overhaul of the system, but rather just a balance pass on the points that various activities yield. According to Bioware, the goal behind these changes is to bring a little more parity of point values between 612 and 614, while also maintaining our desire to reward high complexity and time-intensive activities. So without getting into a lot of detail here, you should earn more points in 614 from most activities than what you're getting today. 614 is also introducing a new set of augments to the game. Bioware continues to iterate on the materials required to craft them, and hopefully they'll be in a good place when the update goes live. But every time they introduce new augments, it brings up the question, who are they for, do I need them, and should I get them? Well, here's what Chris Schmidt, the design director for the Old Republic, had to say about them during the September live stream for Game Update 614. What we wanted to do is take a, a small step for those for those players who maybe a master mode um, that's not Duxin is on farm. 
or they're pulling a new player through and trying to to gear them up, a new recruit, if you will. And it's still worth their while because now I can earn uh, materials uh, that, that get me towards that next thing. Uh, on the PvP side, uh, you know, it's a good time, especially since how long it's been uh, from the expansion. We really want to encourage people to go into some of these modes uh, like ranked, uh, group ranked, um, like master mode and ops. Uh, maybe you're a, uh, 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 you've got veteran modes on farm for ops and, and you're looking for that, the reason to explore master. Um, and same in, in, in PVP. Really, we're trying to target these groups, support those groups uh, with new interest and new recruits, if you will, uh, and, and just do a small bump, um, like I said, in, uh, in a little bit of power. None of the content was balanced with this power in mind, so it's all gravy. It doesn't, you don't uh, uh, need it to conquer any content currently, uh, according to the math. Basically, it comes down to this. The content is not balanced around having these augments, which makes sense. Otherwise, nobody would be able to clear it. That said, not everybody is pro at this game, myself included, by the way. And this additional power can help groups in a lot of different ways. It can turn a veteran mode team into a nightmare mode team. It can give you that extra boost to defeat those one or two encounters where you're stuck. It can also give your group the power it needs to maybe carry someone through some content that they haven't been able to see. Or maybe you're trying to break in a new team member who's not familiar with the encounters and this just gives you that little bit of power that you need to succeed as they get up to speed. The bottom line is this is free power to help you along. That said, it's not needed for everything, and so before you go crazy and dump millions of credits into acquiring them, you need to look at the content you're playing and the needs of your group. And remember too, the true power of these augments is the collective boost they give to your entire group when everyone has them. So if everyone else in your group has them, then you should too, or else you might find yourself on the game's shiny new ignore list. That's right, in an effort to combat toxicity in the game, ignore lists will soon be legacy-wide. Here's Chris Schmidt again talking about how this will work. Uh, when you log in, this will combine them all. Uh, so your ignore list will be shared across your own legacy. And everyone uh, on your ignore list, it will be ignoring a legacy, the entire legacy by default and not the character. Um, if you... Uh, in addition, we've inc increased uh, a bit of functionality there. It, it, currently, if someone's on your ignore list, uh, you will not be match made with them in any PVE uh, circumstance. Uh, if you are in PVP, we do not apply the, the block list because it can kind of be exploited. Uh, you know, that's what that's what I would do is just block all the top players and then I wouldn't have to play any of them. But uh, no, not a thing. Um, but we expanded it to strongholds. So strongholds have always had their um, kind of a separate list. What we've done is if someone's on your legacy ignore list, they will also be uh, not welcome and keys removed if they had any to your personal stronghold. Uh, so we're really, uh, really wanting to make that a smooth experience as you, you know, make it behave as, as we all think it should behave. Yeah. So that's legacy ignore, but what about legacy friends? Well, that's not going to happen because sometimes you just want to get away for a while. Here's Chris Schmidt again talking about the prospect of legacy friends. We want to find that line between respecting your privacy and the convenience of adding, you know, somebody and all of their uh, alt characters. So we want to do it right. So so uh, that's why we didn't do it at the same time. We want to really 
look into that and, and, and see what it would take to make that uh, the right the right feature set. So, Legacy Ignore isn't the only change coming to help combat player toxicity. 614 will introduce some features that apply to PvP. First, Vote Kick is being removed from ranked PvP, just wasn't being used as intended. Also, the minimum gear requirement to queue for ranked PvP is increasing to 306. Prior to that, your characters would get bolstered if you were below that number. And finally, there are changes coming to the backfill algorithm. Roles will be backfilled with roles. This is due to players manipulating the current system to build uneven group composition. If down the road, Bioware finds that players are continuing to manipulate the group decline feature, they may increase the deserter penalty by a very large amount. And if you do get a deserter ban, then you can spend time doing other things like checking out the Feasts of Prosperity. The Feast of Prosperity is the latest event making its way to the Old Republic. It's currently on the PTS and I'll be checking it out later this week and I'll give you a hands-on review next week. Bioware did show off some of the gameplay in their September livestream and I really liked what I saw. There's the usual story-based missions which will unlock as you progress through the event. And this time around, they're introducing a couple of cooking-themed mini-games. One has you playing a server droid and waiting on tables filled with hungry customers. The other mini-game is a Top Chef kind of deal where you take crazy ingredients, chuck them into an oven, literally, by the way, and then a chef droid will judge your creation. Like Life Day and the Nightlife event, there is no reputation to grind. Instead, you'll earn tokens, which you can use to purchase a variety of rewards, and as for those rewards, they include Feast Attire and Feast Preparation Hat, Feast Ingredient Transport Mount, uh, the Hairless Mudhorn and Earthen Thurb Mini Pets, Feel the Groove and Toast Emotes, Overstuffed Backpack and Food Launcher Toys, and various Feast-inspired Stronghold Decorations. Feast of Prosperity will begin on October 20th and run through November 10th. So those are the main highlights for 614. It launches next week, and I'll talk about it more once it goes live. Commas. They are unquestionably a powerful weapon in the English language. I'm guessing they're good for other languages too, but I'll be honest, I'm not a linguist and I have no idea if other languages use commas. If they don't, you might want to think about it. You see, commas are great. They're like a Valkorian level force user, but unlike Valkorian, commas use their powers for good, not evil. Take this sentence, which is devoid of commas. Ted loves cooking cats and dogs. Without commas, you're probably declining any and all dinner invitations at my home. When you add the commas, it reads like this. Ted loves cooking, comma, cats, comma, and dogs. Now you're probably looking forward to that dinner invitation because you happen to be a fan of cats or dogs and you probably enjoy a good home-cooked meal. Here's another example of our hero, the comma, at work. Ted, comma, a self-professed GTN baron, comma, forgot to count the zeros when he listed an unstable Arbiter's lightsaber for sale. 
or this one. Ted cried like a baby, comma, rage quick, comma, and canceled his account after receiving 50,000 credits for his sale of an unstable Arbiter's lightsaber. Now, commas don't just make sentences clearer to understand. They also have some other practical uses, such as with dates, addresses, titles, and wait for it, numbers. That's right, in some regions of this world, commas can be used to separate strings of numbers of digits four or higher. For the better part of nine years, the galaxy far, far away has chosen to ignore this practice. That is until now. Starting with game update 614, numbers will be separated by a comma or period on the GTN and when trading with other players. The days of listing items at well below market value are about to come to an end. So too are the days of finding such hidden treasure on the GTN, but if you've ever been on the selling end of one of these trades, I think that's something we can live with. I cannot overstate how marvelous this change is. I'm glad they're rolling this out now, but they could have given this to us as the ninth anniversary gift, and we would have all been like, best anniversary gift ever. Commas, coming soon to a GTN near you. Coming up in just a minute. Zero, you can land runway right, one at Teterboro. We can't do it. Okay, which runway would you like at Teterboro? We're going to be in the Hudson. But first, here are your in-game events for October. The Relics of the Gree will run from October 6th through the 13th. So yeah, just a couple more days left for this one. But the Relics of the Gree allows you to explore Ilum's contested area in the Western Ice Shelf to uncover the mysterious purpose of the Gray Secant, an enormous ancient Gree starship. Get ready to face a powerful opponent that awaits you at the center of this ancient vessel. Visit the in-game news terminal, located on Carrick Station in the Republic Fleet, or Viking Space Dock in the Imperial Fleet to get started on your adventure. And then the Rackle event on Tatooine will run from October 20th through the 27th. The Highland Organization for Rackgul Neutralization, otherwise known as Thorn, has issued an official Level 2 emergency alert concerning an outbreak of the Rackgul Plague on Tatooine. Quarantines have been put in place to restrict traffic of the plague off-world, but exceptions will be made for individuals with priority clearance. Thorn is recruiting qualified volunteer emergency responders to travel to affected areas to combat the spread of the Rackgul Plague. More information about the outbreak can be found by checking the news terminals on the Republic or Imperial Fleet. Thorne wishes to remind you that plague symptoms can be treated if they are identified in the early stages of infection. Whether or not you have travel plans, please consult your nearest trusted medical supply droid and get vaccinated. And as I mentioned before, the Feast of Prosperity will begin on October 20th and run through November 10th. And before I move on, first, those descriptions make the events sound great, which they are, if you haven't done them a thousand times already. And second, I don't know about you, but the Rackle event is hitting a little close to home right now, and I'm not talking about zombies and Halloween. Still though, if you haven't done these events before, or even if you have, you should check them out. 
Ops encounters are fast-paced, hectic, and chaotic. We do our best to mitigate the madness with timers and custom-crafted UIs. We carefully plan our strategy and communicate using voice comms like Discord. But when the boss is pulled, the bolts start flying, and things begin to go south, are you in control? Does your adrenaline start rushing as victory is in sight? Do your actions and demeanor change when the health bars of your comrades start to plummet? Do you stay in control, carefully executing your rotation, or do you react as if your hands suddenly doubled in size as you fumble to press the right buttons? When you're three quarters into your ops night and you've only made it to the second floor of the Revan encounter one time, do you start pointing fingers at your teammates? Do you start to check out for the night? Or do you dust yourself off, figure out what you did wrong, and steal yourself for the next pull? I think back to January 15th, 2009, and the miracle on the Hudson. On this cold winter day, U.S. Airways Flight 1549 departed from LaGuardia Airport. Shortly after takeoff, the plane struck a flock of birds, putting passengers and crew in grave danger. The calm and composure displayed by Captain Chesley B. Sullenberger and air traffic controller Patrick Harton in the face of this dire situation is nothing short of remarkable. Have a listen to the cockpit flight recorder. Cactus 1549, turn left lane 270. Uh, this is uh, Cactus 1539. Hit first through lost thrust. I'm told it's returning back towards LaGuardia. Okay, uh, you need to return to LaGuardia. Turn left heading of uh, 220. 220. Tire, stop your departure. He's got emergency returning. That's it. It's 1529. He, uh, bird strike. He lost all engine. He lost the thrust in the engines. He's returning immediately. Cactus 1529. Which engines? He lost thrust in both engines, he said. Got it. Cactus 1529. We can get it for you. Do you want to try to land 1913? We're unable. We may end up in the Hudson. Joint 2760, turn left 070. 070, joint 2760. I right, guys, it's 1549. It's going to be left traffic to runway 31. Unable. Okay, what do you need to land? Guys, it's 1549. Runway 4 is available if you want to make left traffic to runway 4. Idiot, okay, I'm I'm sure we make any runway. Uh, what's over to our right? Anything in New Jersey? Maybe Teterboro? Okay, yeah, off your right side is Teterboro Airport. Do you want to try to go to Teterboro? Yes. Teterboro, uh... Empire, actually, LaGuardia departs guy, emergency inbound. Hey, guys. Cactus 1529 over the George Washington Bridge wants to go to the airport right now. Wants to go to our airport. Jack, does he need assistance? Uh, yes, he, uh, it was a bird strike. Can I get him in for, uh, runway one? Runway one, that's good. Cactus 1529, turn right 280, you can land runway right. one at Teterboro. We can't do it. Okay, which runway would you like at Teterboro? We're gonna be in the Hudson. When you listen to the cockpit recording, what you hear is training and professionalism executed to perfection. If you recall, Captain Sullenberger landed, if you can call it that, the plane in the Hudson River, but only after exhausting all available options. All of the passengers and crew survived the encounter. Now, was there luck involved here? Absolutely, but the key players knew exactly what they were supposed to do, and they did it. They stayed focused and didn't panic when hundreds of lives were on the line, and they gave themselves the opportunity to succeed. They knew their jobs, they stayed within their lanes, and they worked together as a team, as a unit. They kept their emotions bottled up, and they focused on the serious task at hand. I think it's safe to say that screaming, panic, and hesitation 
would have meant certain doom for the passengers and crew of Flight 1549. Over the years, I've been on many raid teams in both World of Warcraft and Star Wars The Old Republic. I've been a part of difficult encounters executed to perfection, and I've heard yells for heels that would send cats running from the room. As for myself, I can honestly say that I'm mixed. I had a credit for every time I thought I was hitting responsive safeguards, only to then see myself fly backwards off of a ledge because I hit rocket out, well, I'd be a rich bounty hunter. I've tried to fire abilities that were solidly on cooldown, abilities where I was overheated and I've destroyed the synergy that exists in my rotation because I've fired ability B before ability A, all because I was in a hurry and felt rushed, all because I was wrapped up in the moment, all because I immersed myself into the perceived dangers of the fight and the need to win as quickly as possible. Now, I'm in no way saying that raiding is as important or even remotely comparable to handling an emergency flight situation, but I believe there are lessons that can be applied here. Defeating an ops boss may not be all that different from, say, getting inside a flight simulator and executing a set of procedures that yield a predictable outcome. Hey, if people can learn to stay in control when hundreds of real lives are on the line, shouldn't we be able to keep calm and work together in the face of a few internet droids? Well, I think it goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm a little behind the times here. I get that, but a number of new players have joined the Old Republic since it launched on Steam. Some of the folks may have found their way here, and I wanted to take a moment and share five tips on what I think all new players should do. Number one, play everything. That means level up lots of characters, play all the classes, run flashpoints, operations, and play PvP. Learn how to craft, learn how to make credits on the GTN, hop in a starship and play Galactic Starfighter, Play the space minigame, buy a stronghold, and decorate it. There's a lot to do in Star Wars The Old Republic until you try something you won't know if you like it or if you're even good at it. For years, I shunned PvP and avoided playing based on my experience with it in World of Warcraft. Well, a couple years back, Galactic Command rolled out, and playing PvP was helpful if not necessary to get the most out of that system. I tried it, and much to my surprise, I liked it, and I wasn't terrible at it. So that's tip number one, play all the things. Number two, make friends. Star Wars The Old Republic is an MMO. That second M stands for multiplayer. While you can do a lot on your own, it's impossible to not have to group for something. Make friends, join a guild, and be active in that guild. If you stick around, you'll find that this game has a lot of repetitive content. It's just how it is. And having friends to, to enjoy it with, or at times endure it with, makes all the difference in the world. I've made a lot of good friends in this game, many who I've met outside of it as well. Tip number two, make friends. Number three, take a break from your friends. Star Wars The Old Republic is one of the most single-player friendly MMOs out there today. There's so much content that you can do on your own, and there are times when you want to do things at your own pace and on your own schedule. Friends are great, but sometimes 
it's not dangerous to go alone. Tip number three, take a break from your friends. Number four, play all of the stories. One of the pillars of the Old Republic is its great storytelling, and it does not disappoint. There are eight individual class stories and a whole slew of expansion stories with more on the way. Play them all. Play them multiple times and take it slow. Enjoy the characters, the choices. These stories do an amazing job of putting your character at the center of everything and making you a figure of great prominence and importance in this corner of the galaxy. Tip number four, play all of the stories. And number five, check out the content creators. There's a tremendous community of folks like myself who make a variety of content centered around Star Wars The Old Republic. There are streamers, YouTubers, podcasters, and bloggers all working hard to bring you the latest news, information, and more surrounding The Old Republic. Tip number five, check out the awesome content creators. And there you have it, five tips for new, well, any player really, who's playing Star Wars The Old Republic. All right, final note for today, Star Wars Squadrons, the new multiplayer Starfighter combat game, launched last week. Celebrate the occasion, Bioware is giving players a model Corellian Star Drive Vanguard mini pet. To get the reward, all you have to do is log on to the game between October 20th and November 17th, and you'll receive the pet on all your characters via your in-game mail. And I don't know what my new character, new mail count is, but it's got to be approaching 100 at this point. That's not a complaint. Opening all that mail and claiming all of those goodies is my favorite part about starting a new tune these days. And that's the state of the Old Republic for today. Let me cut in the sublight engines and cue the music and congratulate you on surviving another half hour listening to episode 105 of the State of the Old Republic podcast. I'm your host, Ted, and I thank you for tuning in. You can find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, YouTube, and Buzzsprout. You can also listen to the show directly from the show's site, which is SOTORpodcast.com. And there is an RSS feed where you can subscribe to the podcast directly. If you have a question for the show, you can email me at SOTORpodcast at gmail.com. You can also tweet your questions too at SOTORpodcast or send me a direct message. And be sure to follow me on Twitter to get the latest information on the show. Look for episode 106 next week, and I do mean next week. Until then, remember the Sith Code cake is alive.